Welcome to the Why Music Podcast, where we talk to independent artists about their journeys, the inspirations behind their music, and ultimately why they make music. This next artist mixes indie pop with rock in a way that will grasp your full attention. Performing for over a decade all over the world, she has clearly made her mark. With a recent release of her sophomore EP, she is moving at full speed ahead. Welcome, Ellie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked. I always like to kind of start off to get a little bit of background on where your journey with music kind of all started. Yeah, I I got really, really lucky. My dad's side of the family is like all musical. He's one of 10 kids and they like all played instruments. So I grew up with a lot of like live music around me um, and a lot of like really good uh, influences from my mom and dad. They like love listening to the classics. So I grew up with a pretty hearty background uh, listening wise, but I just always love to perform. Um, and I started, I think I, the first song I ever wrote, I was like three and I wrote a song about sandwiches and I kind of caught the bug. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a wild ride since then. I kind of took a break, um, and started doing a lot of musical theater, that kind of performance. Um, but then I started doing open mic nights when I was 14, which was at the time, like the scariest thing imaginable, especially with original music. So I think it felt like kind of putting myself on a chopping block a little bit, but everyone was super, super nice. And I just started kind of going more and more. And through that, realized that I loved performing my own music and kind of putting putting set lists together, gigging as much as possible. So I did that all through high school and then um, ended up going to Berklee College of Music in Boston, pursued that, got a degree in songwriting. <laughs> and um, I've just been kind of performing wherever I can ever since then. That's awesome. Um, at what point along, I mean, maybe it was in the midst of the open mic nights, but at what point was it like, I'm writing these songs, I'm testing the waters on what it's like performing them to being like, okay, this is like what I am meant to be doing for a living. Like, when did you kind of commit to doing the artist thing? Oh, I think, I think when I actually like sat down with myself and was like you know this is a difficult industry to be in but like this is what I'm meant to be doing I think I was probably like 18 17 or 18 because I loved performing at open mic nights and and doing gigs but I was also you know like a high school student so I was busy all the time and uh, dealt with a lot of stage fright so I think it was more like I wanted to write these songs just to write them and get them out I didn't really think about like doing it seriously until I was 17, 18. And I, uh, I got into Berkeley, um, but couldn't afford to go that first year. It's like one of those very, very expensive private schools. So I was like, okay, this is not plausible right now. And I spent a semester at another school, which was a great experience, but the music department like wasn't what I was looking for. So I had to like sit down and think, well, how much am I willing to like invest in this? Because the more I was like away from it, the more I realized like I miss it and this is what I should be doing. So, you know, I was really, really lucky to have a lot of support from my family and friends and teachers that were like, we think that you should just kind of, you know, throw no holds barred, throw it in the wind, go to Berkeley and do what you have to do to get there. And I'm like always grateful that I did that because it was worth it. But I think that was the moment that I sat down and was like, it's time to really take this seriously. This is a huge jump. But worth it no absolutely and it's one of those kind of situations where it's like sometimes it really does come down to a 
tight sort of situation where you're like kind of forced to make that choice but I mean obviously it kind of sent you in the right direction and it made you realize like it's some I mean it really is you don't know what you got till it's gone and then you like realize that's what you needed and so then the rest is history I had a professor at Berkeley who she was like my mentor and she said something that really stuck with me she said that if you spend too much time like trying to create a safety net for yourself and a plan b then you're not gonna reach your plan a so that kind of stuck with me I was like okay if this is if I'm really serious about this uh I have to kind of give it my all right now or I'll regret it later but I'm I'm still in the midst of it and loving it it was definitely the right advice no and sometimes a plan b is like too much to fall back on like you kind of sometimes need that push to really go after plan a as crazy as plan a might be yeah, it's terrifying, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like anybody that pursues music like this, like, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's exciting. It's scary, but it's all worth it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think often inspires a lot of your songwriting? Ooh, that's a good one because it's, uh, you know, this feels like a cop-out answer, but it really is different for each song. Um, I started off writing about, like, experiences that I was having. You know, I don't know how angsty a 14-year-old can be, but I wrote a lot of songs about (laughs) heartbreak and all of this disappointment and stuff. So looking back on those songs, it's really funny. I'm like, you know, how difficult could it have been at 14? Right. (laughs) Um, But I, since then, I write a lot about, um, oops, sorry. I, I, since then, I write a lot about uh, experiences that I've had, especially this last EP focused a lot on like mental health so there's a song on there about anxiety and a song about depression and stuff so writing about mental health in a way that was like started off being really cathartic for me and I felt like I needed to write the song for me to get it out there but then as soon as I started performing it in front of audiences it kind of like became for the audience and not for me anymore and it which is a good thing because you know I think I was inspired a lot by people coming up to me during shows and telling me like you know, I, I've had this exact feeling too. I just didn't know how to put words to it. So that's been really validating. So I think a lot of my uh, inspiration comes from other people, but a lot of it comes from myself and experiences that I know are like universal. So the audience can relate to that. No. And I mean, it just kind of, a lot of people write about their own kind of personal experience. And the thing is about that is like, you might be telling your own story, but the human experience translates across everybody like I mean it's not you can't guarantee every single person's going to understand exactly what you're writing about but there is a large amount of people that are going to understand exactly what every word of that song means yeah exactly I always say when I perform some of those songs live like you know this I don't know if this is a good thing or not but like a lot of people relate to this song so like if you do relate to it I'm super sorry because this is a song about (laughs) dealing with some tough stuff but um you know, I think it makes people feel a lot better to know that there's like a community around them, or at least like, even if one other person understands what they're going through. So that's been like really, really validating. Yeah, I mean, as as shitty as it sounds, misery does enjoy company. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you could not be more correct about that. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, like it, it, it is one of those where it's, it's a catch 22 where it's like, cool, people like relate to what I'm saying, but it's also like, ooh, like, <laughs> It sucked for me. Sorry. It probably sucks for them too. <laughs> like, I'm glad that you're finding something in my music to relate yeah. to. But also, like, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, it's tough. 
Yeah, you don't have to tell me. It's I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you kind of had to create a new genre or style, um, like name, I guess around your kind of music, do you know what you'd call it? Ooh, that's difficult. I feel like this is a hard question for a lot of artists. Is like, what genre are you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like if there was any way to. If there was a, a genre between indie pop and indie rock, I feel like that's where I would want to sit. Right in I the love middle. a lot of, yeah, right in the middle. I love a lot of like alternative pop, like Maggie Rogers, Muna, Haim. Like I love that kind of music, but then I also was inspired a lot growing up by like indie rock. So I think that if there was a sweet spot right in the middle, that's where I'd want to hang out all the time. So indie pop rock almost. Indie pop rock. <laughs> you know what? I think that's the answer right there. Indie pop rock. <laughs> um, is there a release or a song that you've written that you think best embodies who you are as an artist? Like if you had to, if you had one song to kind of sell someone on being the next Ellie James fan, <laughs> what song are we showing them? I think better. Why? I it's it's the first song that I wrote off of this EP I kind of I wrote better with no plan of making another EP right away um I wrote it like right after I graduated and a lot of it was like I was feeling a ton of anxiety about like not being a student anymore you know we spend most of our young adult lives and young teenage lives being students and so the like terror that comes with well if that was a huge part of my identity and I like don't really know where to go after this or if I'm going to be okay or if I'm going to be able to do all the things I want to do so I wrote this song about dealing with that kind of anxiety and the frustration that I think goes along with anxiety like being really frustrated with yourself um so I think I would show them that because it was it came from a really really real place <laughs> I like to think all my songs do but that one especially uh I felt like needed to come out of me somehow and I think that it kind of sparked this inspiration of like having a new EP I just thought that would be like that's the next step the natural next step because I want this song out there and I want it to be part of something part of a project so I think that that one is like kind of embodies my style pretty perfectly it's also you know talking about some of the harder things or darker things but presented like super fun upbeat pop I had somebody come up to me the other day and was like I've been listening to your music for a long time since I saw you live but I just kind of realized that the lyrics are sad <laughs> like the music <laughs> is so happy and poppy but then I sat down and read the words and was like oh damn this is <laughs> this is a little darker than I thought it was so I think that's like the, the marriage that I'm really happy with is like talking about serious stuff while still keeping it like listenable and danceable because I want it to be like a cheerleader song like dealing like voicing frustration about anxiety but also like you're not alone I'm rooting for you so that would be the song I'd want to show people that kind of like I think encapsulates where I am as an artist right now so we're really just disguising sadness in these upbeat production <laughs> styles oh yeah oh yeah we're masking it we're masking it <laughs> that's what's tricky about a lot of pop anymore is like sometimes you like read the words and I'm like this is like this is this is not this is not the upbeat happy sound that it oh. seems like it has <laughs> Sometimes you just need to yell along to like a really, really up pop song. <laughs> I guess. But get your frustrations out. I love songs like that. Yeah. Well, here is a snippet of Better. I think I think too much. Hard. 
So what was it about better that like sparked not just, I mean, obviously, like you said, you wanted to put it out, but what made you think this needs to be a part of like a bigger project? Was it like you wanted to write more about that same kind of thing? Or was it like it just, it made you want to write more and then just have it all come out? Like what was kind of a, what was it about writing this that turned it into what became your EP? Yeah, I think I, um, I, I wrote this like two years before I even started working on an EP and I was performing it live a lot and had a lot of people keep coming up to me and asking, you know, when will this be out? When will it be released? Cause we want to listen to it. Um, and I didn't really have a plan. I knew that I wanted it to be recorded and released, but I wanted it to be something I was happy with. Uh, I think like a lot of artists, I'm a major perfectionist, especially when it comes to my own music. So I was worried that I wouldn't be able to like find a way to do it the way that I wanted to do it and have it be at the quality I wanted it at. Um, and I found this recording studio in Boston called Plaid Dog and they sort of talked about, you know, we'll help you crowdfund and raise money for an EP or an album, whatever you want to do. So I saw that and was like, you know, at the very least, I would love to get better recorded professionally and be able to release it. But also, like, I think if I have four, four other songs that are written, ready to go, why not just shoot for a whole EP? So that ended up being what happened. And then COVID hit, like, pretty much immediately. So we were doing all of this crowdfunding over, like, through the pandemic, which was super weird, recorded the song remotely. So I was here in California and my engineer was in Boston. So we did all of that through Zoom um, and, you know, using recording equipment that they had shipped here. And that kind of like nailed it in where I was like, okay, well, if I'm already putting this much work and this much thought into this song, I wanted, I want to at least get four more songs out of this and make it a whole new representation of my sound. Cause I think I've evolved a lot as a producer and a songwriter in the past few years. So I wanted something that kind of showcased the new sound the new direction i mean that remote music is a whole challenge in itself but that's the world we've been yeah. living in for a few years now yeah, but no that's kidding. um so i've always kind of wondered this because the number game is a big thing for me mm -hmm. how what made like was it when you wrote better mm -hmm. when you were at this point and you wanted to turn it into a project what made you choose five songs like why like was it like like something like was it you wanted to write three more and then it was four and then oh just another one happened like was or was it like no it's got to be five songs because I'm very like no it's got to be like 10 songs or six songs or something like that like what <laughs> what, what what where was where's the numbers game in that I'm the same way where I was okay. like I yeah I <laughs> I just knew that like an EP I knew that I wasn't in a place where I wanted to write an entire album and for mm -hmm. me like a whole album is like 10 songs or more um and I so I knew I didn't I wasn't like ready for that yet but I knew that I wanted to do more than one and I think I mean this is like kind of a stupid answer because I wish that it was like way more deep than this but I was like what are what's the length of a lot of the EPs that I listen to <laughs> it was five songs so I was like cool we'll shoot for five songs so I started raising money and like working on this project without even like knowing which songs I wanted on the EP. I just knew I wanted five. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, the, I mean, I'm the same way. I, 
I have an album in the works and I'm like, okay, 12 songs. And I'm like, wait, I kind of want to cut this one. And I'm like, it can't be 11. I either have to write another one or I have to cut another one. That's it. Like it's gone from 10 to 12 a few different times, but it's never going to be 11. It just has to be even. I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's like for me, EPs were always four. I've done two that were four. I can't for five. I just, I can't, I can't do the odd number thing, like a seven songs or nine songs. I'm like, just make it 10 or eight. Like, come on. I'll make sure that whatever I do next is an even number. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'll, I'll I'll remember that. (laughs) Hold me to it. Yeah. I mean, five, five, I can reason with, because it's like, you know, like people are always like it's evens or it's in five. So it's like five or 10 or 15, but it's like, if we do like 11 or nine, it's like, come on, like 10 is right there. Just, just, do right shoot for just, that. just do 10 just do 10 okay rant over no Proceeding i'm right there on. with you I'm right there with you <laughs> if you had to pick two or three artists that you think your music is kind of a combination of who would you choose oh that's a great question as a as a, someone who who produces their own music i feel like i listen to a lot of different artists to try and get like references for like what I want to do or try and one of the bands that I really listened to a lot while coming up with this new EP was Muna um they just released an album last year I think that was incredible so I would say I I aim for a lot of things that Muna tries to accomplish with their production uh I also love Haim <laughs> I'm I'm I love the girl groups I think they're so awesome and I think that they do a really good job of weaving in more rock elements to pop music which I think is super cool and then my queen is Kimbra um I just think she's amazing I didn't know who she was until uh that Gautier song that came out like 10 years ago and I loved her voice so I went and checked out her solo stuff and found out that she has these amazing albums um and she produces a lot of her own music and I've seen her do like loop pedals and vocoders with her live performances and I just was like consistently blown away so I would say that like Kimbra is what I'm shooting for I don't know if I'm there yet I don't know if that's who I sound like yet but that's what I'm aiming for with like whatever comes next I just think it's so cool to be able to produce your own music and then perform it exactly the way you want to I think it's really empowering so all three of those artists I love yeah that's what sometimes gets tricky about like pop music anymore where it's not we're not in the era of what you hear is what you're going to hear live anymore as much because it's like there's so much with synths and different sort of like effects and editing and whatnot and all these crazy production things that just kind of I mean you could obviously spend hours and hours trying to figure out how to replicate it live but like at the same time it's like that's probably not going to be the same experience that you then have live so it's just like it's an interesting kind of balance so being able to find ways that you can kind of carry that over from the original to the live is like pretty cool and kind of will set you apart yeah I think it's it's so cool I love watching people especially like artists that I love kind of pull elements from their production and then play all of the real instruments so that's something else I try and do is like incorporate a lot of real instruments into my production because then now that I have I have a full band now I have people to play those like bass parts electric guitar parts drums but then I can also pull some of the like synth elements and uh it, it it always sounds different than it does on the on the record itself but I just think it's like so cool and the way that people get super creative with 
all of these different like live production techniques. I'm just blown away by it. I want to learn how to do it all. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not it's enough a time whole... in the day, but no. <laughs> Not enough days in the year if we're being completely oh honest. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's nowhere like no. Oh. 2023 is already had... going by too fast. I can't. Oh, oh my god. I wish there was an extra hour in each day to just go on YouTube and watch tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had an extra hour a day to do just anything. Sleep too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that I might be a start. Yeah, I think sleep sleep is the baseline of what I would use that extra hour for. It's probably I like what I should use it for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I like to think I'm productive until I get into bed, and then I'm like, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Productivity just canceled. Zero. Second, Back down. Second, the mattress is hit. <laughs> so, what, if any, is an outside passion of yours that you think impacts who you are as an artist? Ooh, I think I don't know if this like counts as a hobby but it's definitely like an outside interest like you said uh is psychology so I minored I minored in psychology in college uh and I think that I just I didn't even notice that I like was interested in that until high school but it was the only other thing that I felt passionate about like especially like learning I'm not like a textbook learner as much but something about psychology I was like actually interested in doing work and assignments and research and stuff so I think that like that was kind of it was a sort of plan b but um more so just an interest a passion uh and I tell people that I minored in it but got my major I majored in songwriting and everyone kind of laughs and it's true that it's goes hand in hand really well it's both like both are fields of like trying to understand people and kind of make meaning out of things. So I think that it's definitely helped. I always laugh. It's kind of like when bartenders major in psychology and I'm like, you picked such a good job for it. Cause you know, people will show up, <laughs> tell you their problems and then you just listen. It's the same thing yeah. as therapy, but cheaper. No, I- <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, so no, I think it, it helped a lot. <laughs> yeah. There are definitely aspects of that. Um, especially like if you're writing songs about like anxiety and stuff like that, like there's definitely play in there. Um, yeah. but it's never like, I feel like psychology, no matter what you do is not a bad kind of like skill oh, yeah. set or like knowledge to have just definitely. because people like everything in some way, shape or form is like a being in the people business, you know? So exactly um it's a key piece to the puzzle for sure yeah and I feel like psychology and songwriting both are all about like digging deeper into somebody whether it's yourself or another person so I think that's like I think it's interesting those kind that overlap of like trying to understand people and yeah make meaning out of it make something out of it I think it helps with relating to people too for sure no absolutely um if you had to kind of set the scene, what's the ideal listening scenario for someone to listen to your music? Ooh. I would love somebody to listen to my, put my music on at like a slumber party. This is so weird, but like I <laughs> love everything about slumber parties, sleepovers. And I just kind of like when I, especially with Back to Life, which was like a bunch of, cheerleaders like with the the yells and the chorus and stuff was like I wanted it to be like cheerleaders and so I kind of picture like people just yelling that and like dancing around in their room I just think that'd be so fun it's so dorky but like that's 
kind of the best I think the best way to listen to my music <laughs> or no, if you're I, angry if you're angry god people tell me they listen to godsend when they're pissed off especially at like a partner and they yell the I don't kiss my friends like that line is like I've had so many people reach out and be like I love the EP <laughs> but like this part specifically is what I yell when I'm in my car and so I think that's that's the other perfect scenario is when you need to yell oh my gosh <laughs> you need to yell to some upbeat pop music ellie will be there for you <laughs> there we go or if you're at a slumber party this is your or next slumber, slumber party, party soundtrack for sure exactly <laughs> slumber party soundtrack that should be like your next project oh i would is love that call do it the, slumber like, party soundtrack and do like the or font, soundtrack like to your the... slumber party <laughs> the lisa frank font i like i want everything like a mid-2000s aesthetic and do slumber party soundtrack that would yes, be perfect. That, you know, 2024, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your eyes and ears out. Invite all your closest <laughs> friends over. <laughs> um, What do you think sets you apart from other independent artists? Oof. I don't... Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think... I don't know if this sets me apart from every independent artist because I know other indie artists that do this but I'm like indie to the core in terms of like I do like really everything myself Uh, I've been really lucky to have support from other people so like my uh, my mom has helped me with like merchandise for this new release and I could not have done that without her I had to like plan a whole release show and big huge a bunch of events and this big concert and my mom helped me with merch and everything and my dad helps me like um set up at gigs he's like the best roadie ever and I'm really lucky to have parents that support me but in terms of like everything else like songwriting production business the business aspect is like really intense to do all at once you feel like you're doing like 17 different jobs but um I I do it all myself I don't have a team I'm I'm hoping that that eventually becomes something that changes because I love I love it right now and I think that it's helped me get a way better understanding of the industry and what goes into all of these jobs like being your own booking agent and your own manager and negotiating your own contracts stuff like that um so I'm really glad I have these skills and that I do it all myself right now because I have complete control over everything um but Ultimately, I mean, especially like marketing and promotion, I would not mind having a team in the future, but I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't do. They have experts to do that other stuff for them, which is great, mm-hmm. but I think that's something that sets me apart is just doing it all. Truly a, a one-woman show right now, <laughs> but I just I, got a band though, so like hopefully, I've, I already feel like I have more backup now, which is awesome. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> We're just, yeah. just on the way up. I hope so. I hope so. And I love um, my band. They're amazing. So it's been nice to like collaborate with other people. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, that's a big, like there is, there's something to be said for both sides of the coin when it comes to being independent. There are, there's something to be said about doing it all yourself. Like it's very like, especially as someone who enjoys having that sort of creative control, you kind of have to do it that way, at least in the beginning, yeah. because you're st- you're very set in what you want you want to make sure that everything is the way that you want it to be but then there's also something to be said like it it, it is a lot to do like because it I mean if you think about it these like 
big artists have people to at least a person, if not a team to do each of these individual roles. So it's like trying to do it all yourself. Obviously we're not doing it to the same capacity as someone like a Harry Styles or a Beyonce or an Ariana Grande type. Like we're not doing it even to like mid levels necessarily, but like, exactly. There's a reason that there are that many people working behind this one artist. Exactly. And it's it's people who have like studied this, you know, people who specifically study promotion and marketing and contract law and everything. So these are people that really know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, Um, for sure. Um, What kind of impact do you want to have with your artistry and with your music? I think the one of the most important things to me is making sure that I'm still writing music that other people can relate to I think that's been like really really important so I think uh, a lot of a lot of the goal is to keep doing that I think one of the most validating and important parts of my job is when people come up to me either after shows or after they've listened to the EP and tell me like I was feeling this way but I didn't really know how to put it to words or how to articulate this to somebody else but it felt good hearing somebody else talk about it uh so I would I would love for that to be a really positive impact with my music is having people feel like they're not alone with what they're going through and I think that artists um anybody who's in the arts is in a very special position to be able to talk about a lot of really difficult things um because I think the social landscape has kind of changed the cultural landscape has changed around talking about more difficult subjects and a lot of you know shared experiences that a lot of people have gone through so I think being able to put that into music has been a privilege and so special and I hope I keep doing that and on on a more superficial note I want to play festivals I want you to have a good time when you're at my show (laughs) that's yeah that's, that's the other goal is I just I want you to come to a show and leave with a lot of good memories of like, wow, I love seeing live music. That's important to me. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't, I mean, the live thing just kind of, it, it can do, it can either be what brings you in to like find that next person, or it can be just that like secondary, like, I love what I'm streaming. Let's hear it right there in front of me. Um, And it just adds to the experience. Like, we can go as digital as we want, but live music will never die. Not no, even like I don't even never. think it'll even like get smaller or anything like that. Yeah. Until we're living in an AI going. world where it's just <laughs> everybody's a robot. Yeah, um, we're all robots. We but, live in the little bubbles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. No, thank you. Um, no, <laughs> not allowed as long as I'm here. So <laughs> yeah, I, I will not be. Will not I will be not be partaking. Robot. No, no. I'd rather never, never see live music again than turn into an AI watching like this shit live. Absolutely right. not. Exactly. No, Hopefully, no. it'll never come to that. Decision. Oh God, no. It might. It terrifies me. Like oh my god. But no. not if any. Yeah, not if if those of us in the industry like you and me if we have anything to say about it it won't happen no <laughs> not, there's something not on my so, watch yeah not on my watch there's exactly. something so amazing about live music that I I just think like you said like it'll never die I think there's an experience that you can't get through a computer screen like being just also as an artist like <laughs> I love when I go and see people perform and like singing along singing along with songs that I know and 
getting to see these songs that I've been listening to by this artist and then hear them do it differently live is so exciting. And then the other side of that coin, like being a performer, I feel like we also get this huge, huge validation and like have such a good time up there with the audience. So it's fun for, as long as it's fun for both parties, I think that's what makes a good show. I had somebody come to a show a couple weeks ago that knew they were about to leave. I was on my my last song and they were about to head out the door and I started singing Back to Life and they popped their head back in and came right to the front row and knew every word. And they were like, I'm so glad that you played that. I didn't know if you were going to, but it's my favorite song. They knew the words better than I did. And it was like the most incredible feeling. <laughs> like, it was It was so humbling to be like, oh my gosh, like something... I made somebody loves this much and it feels so good and kind of reminds us why we love performing live and just seeing somebody have so much fun with it was like amazing. That's why I do a lot of like Elton John songs at gigs too, because watching people's faces light up, they like recognize it and people just want to sing. I've learned that mm -hmm. people like that go to live music, they want to sing too. So give them some songs they know. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think when it boils down to it, like you can interpret music any way you want to. But I think there are two core things that will forever withstand no matter whether it's a heavy metal band, an EDM DJ, <laughs> you know, a folk singer, whatever, anything. And there are two things that always stick through and it's storytelling and it's human connection. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Those two things will like that they're in kind of every sort of, I mean, more or less, you know, like some are more like you get in an acoustic realm, you get that storytelling a lot more than you would in something like an EDM kind of thing. But like, yeah. it's still that sort of like human connection. Like it's a shared experience from artist to consumer, from consumer to consumer, from artist to artist, like any combination of it. It's just this huge uh medium of human connection exactly and you know not to be cliched because i know everyone has said this but i love that there's between like a hardcore like rock fan and you know somebody that's really into like indie folk music as different as those genres are like mm -hmm. i think it's so cool that those two fans at least have something in common and that's love for music especially live music i just think that's like it's so cliche and everyone talks about <laughs> music is the universal language everybody loves music and that's how we communicate and it's like well it's a cliche for a reason it's true yeah <laughs> like that's... i i love i love that it can connect people from like so many different walks of life no for sure it's I, you can't necessarily always put it to words but it's just that's what it is exactly yeah <laughs> I'm sure so, somebody else has said it way more eloquently than me. But. <laughs> you know, we Someone's get probably point. written a song about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, probably a um, few. <laughs> yeah. So I think that brings us to the final question that is kind of the premise for the whole podcast in itself. Why music? I can't imagine doing anything else. <laughs> that's it's that's a good question. 